Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We spend these 25 minutes together every week telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. There's just one service this week, New Year's Day at Harvest Baptist Church. That will be a 10.45 a.m. service Sunday morning. We certainly hope you can join us. If for some reason you can't, you can watch our video live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. That's at 10.45 a.m. New Year's Day. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. Uh, Harvest Time has really been a a special time for us to get to know a number of people that are part of the Harvest family. So we kind of see it as conversations with Harvest family about life and their relationship with God. And it's been, well, man, I've been doing this for, you know, starting our fifth year now, um, thinking back on all of the stories of God's work in people's lives. It's really fascinating and encouraging to hear just the fact that God is continuing to work in so many unique ways. And that's what we're going to have a chance to hear again today. I'm really thankful to have Christine Salou with us today. Christine, first of all, welcome to Harvest Time. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to be here. And uh, Christine has been, well, we'll hear the whole story here in a minute, but uh, has been back on Guam since uh, 2018, I think you told me. And Yes, that's correct. And part of Harvest, you know, s- since that time. So really, our, at least the second time around, our yours and my time, faith and my time here at Harvest has coincided, right? You came back yes, about the same time. We actually joined on the same Sunday. That's right. <laughs> so that was exciting. Christine, I forgot about yeah. that, but that's true. You're you're right. We'll yeah. forever be linked. Mm-hmm. We joined Harvest on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really great. And uh, Christine is involved here in business uh, in the island. I'll ask her about that a little bit later, too. But um, let, let's back up and talk about your story. You grew up here, right? I was born and raised on Guam. Um, I was actually born, raised in a Catholic family. So, yeah, Guam are, is where my roots are. I have what, a large family. Yeah, what village were you from? Tell me about tell me about Guam when you were a kid. What do you remember about that? Um, I was raised in Barragata. Um, so I'm actually my maiden name is Gumabone. So all the Gumabones live in Barragata. So I grew up in a time where you could run around in the village safely. Mm. I could play with my cousins. So we had really close relationships with my family, extended family, which is quite large. So that was enjoyable growing up as a kid here. I went to, because I was born in a, into a Catholic home, I actually went through nine years of Catholic school at okay. San Vicente. Okay, right here. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was, but you know, you, you asked me my story, you know, and I was, and even though I was born into a Catholic household, Catholic faith, and that's drilled into you, you know, Sunday church. Um, and then when you're going through a Catholic school, it's even more, um, you know, taught to you and, you know, things, traditions and everything that you have to do as a Catholic. But I had questions even then. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, there was a lot of stuff going on. You know, you've heard in the Catholic Church a lot of the the abuse that was going on with the clergy, mm-hmm. you know, with younger younger members. And I had actually seen that. And for firsthand, exposed to some of that with 
um, some of my classmates. Mm. And I just questioned, I'm like, why do I have to say confession to this person mm. who is so wicked and I'm s- supposed to say all of this, he's going to tell me how I'm supposed to be better or to be forgiven for my sins, you know. You know, the Our Fathers, the Hail Marys, and I'm still looking at him. I'm like, no, why can't I just talk to God? Mm. It's like, why why do I have to go through someone else? So that was my big question the whole time. And I kind of caused trouble, some of the nuns, because I never just took things at face value. Mm. You know, things that they were saying to me, I'm like, but why? You know, these things are going on. Why can't we just talk to God? Why does it have to go through someone else? So questions were there. And um, after San Vicente, I decided I didn't want to continue in the Catholic schools. So I ended up going to GW, which is a public Mm -hmm. uh, high school here on Guam. So I had two, three, yeah, three best friends. So we were kind of the four musketeers. Uh, So if you saw one, you you saw the other. Saw everybody. You guys were always together. Yeah, we were, we were our, you know, buddies and partners and. Going to Catholic school um, during that time in the late 70s, early 80s, I graduated from GW in 1982 to give you a time frame. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of um, people on the campus and, and going around, you know, talking about the Lord and everything. And being young and rebellious at that time, you know, my friends and I would, you know, back each other up. Like we were our safety nets for each other. If someone came and was trying to preach to us about the Lord, they would they would come and rescue, say, hey, we got to go, you know. And so, so I was running from the Lord. Was that students or students, were there teachers? Students, or? yeah. Yeah, okay, um, interesting, yeah. So we would rescue each other from that. Okay. So at the same time, I was searching but running at the same time, if you yeah. – Get what I mean. And I so do. graduated 1982, started going to UOG. And again, we're all together, but, you know, our classes take us separately. And um, I was sitting in the student rotunda area at UOG, just waiting for my, you know, my class to start and my friends to get out of theirs. And um, it was just a quiet time. And a member of Harvest came up to me and he, and he's a good friend you know and he's um he's good looking and so that was nice that was a little extra perk <laughs> so i was like oh he's coming to talk to me so he came up to talk to me and the first thing he said is hey chris you know harvest is having a revival ron comfort is going to be there to speak and you know we're just trying to invite people to come we, you know would you come as my guest and for some reason the lord was just speaking to me. I didn't have anybody to rescue me because they were all in classes. And But the Lord really just spoke to me at that moment. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? Yes, I'll go. Mm-hmm. I said, but I need to get a ride. So I had committed myself to going. And um, when my classmates came back, they were like, I was like, Jen, I said, don't get mad at me, but I... Um, I said, I was asked to go to a revival at Harvest, and I really, really do want to go. I mm. said, would you mind driving me? I don't have a ride. And she's like, okay, when is it? And so, she, you know, we ended up going. And 
I could really feel that there was something different at Harvest. And it was the old building where you have to climb the narrow steps. Right. And yeah, um, you'd never been there. before. I'd never been there before. It, what did it feel walking in there? Um, it was welcoming. Oh. You know, there was a lot more um, because it's a, at that time, there was a lot of military sure. membership at the church. So yeah. a lot of different faces and right. looks in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So when I went in, you know, it, even though we felt out of, you know, we felt like the minority, it still felt welcoming. And then the minute Pastor um, Ron started speaking, I was just blown away. His knowledge of the Bible, his heartfelt knowledge of the Bible. And then when he started talking about salvation and how you could know the Lord and, and everything, and when they, um, we closed our eyes to pray, my hands were gripping the chair in front of me wow, to save my life. I was just like, and I was like, I really want to get saved, but I don't know what my friend Jenny is going to say. You know, she was my best friend. You know, and you always, opinions of your friends matter. Sure. And we both opened our eyes and I looked at her and I was crying. And I looked at Jen and I said, you know, I really want to go for it to get saved. And she looked at me and she goes, me too. Oh, wow. So we both went up. We both made professions, and uh, that was the start of my life, new life. Mm. So, like I said, I've always been a little more rebellious in the family, and so that was hard. What and did your family think? Did you go home and tell them about that? Tell me what happens next. So I did go home and tell them. Okay. And, you know, I started going to harvest, and with the zeal of a new you know, saved person. It's like I wanted everybody to get saved. Of course, yeah. So that kind of hit them kind of hard. Mm -hmm. And they're all looking at me like, Chris, I don't know what you're doing, but you know what? Don't try to change us. We're, you know, you can do what you want, but don't try to change us. I'm like, okay. And it got my feelings hurt, you mm -hmm. know, because I thought everybody wants, should want this. Right. But um, so I started, you know, attending regularly. Um and that's actually where I met my husband uh, at that time. So, um, you know, we got to date through the church and everything. And um, he was in the military at that time. So um, we got married. And that was kind of strange, too, for the island. Because with, with the Tremoro and Catholic families, weddings, baptisms, all of those are big events. Sure. And lots of food. You know, it's good fiesta time. Uh, but there's always there's always usually um, some kind of alcoholic drinking and vibing. And so um, what we did to avoid that, or to, you know, was to have the service here at Harvest. And we did a sunrise wedding. Everybody mm -hmm. was like, what? I was like, no beer. You, <laughs> you got to drink coffee, juice, or something else, you know. Wow. And so it was kind of unique and different. So we had a sunrise wedding service here. Huh. Um, and Pastor Lewis was the one who, who married us. Sure. So, And then we ended up leaving because of the military. And um, so we were stationed in North Carolina. And that was where we had my son. Okay. So he's uh, Thomas John. Hmm. And so he's 37 now which makes me feel really old. <laughs> Time flies, Christine. It, it does, it does. It does. Sure. So I have three beautiful grandchildren mm -hmm. um, and they're living in North Carolina right now. So I'm, I feel truly blessed, yeah. um, you know, with having him and then having those beautiful grandkids and my daughter-in-law. So my family grew. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, my marriage didn't last. And so that started me down a pretty rough path um, after the divorce. So um, I had a few moves, and with the moves, when I was in North Carolina, let me just back it up, I had a really good church family, uh, Bethany Hills Baptist Church. And so actively, you know, member there, did Sunday school for, for the little kindergartners. And, um, but after our divorce, that kind of um, necessitated a move. And so I moved to Florida for work. Mm-hmm. And um, I just could not find a good church home. Mm. It was just where I was. I just, I went looking and it just, it, they never felt uh, right. And so I stopped going because I didn't like, you know, the options that I had. And unfortunately, I stayed away from church. Made the move from Florida to Louisiana again for job and um, still couldn't find a good church there. And then the Lord moved me to Houston. And through all of this, um, being a single, you know, divorced mom, Work kind of drove me. That was what was driving me. It kept me occupied, uh, kept me from thinking that, you know, feeling alone because all of my family is here on Guam. My ex-husband's family, which I fell in love with, they they really truly love the Lord, my father-in-law, mother-in-law. And so um, that broke my heart to kind of lose them as sure. well. So I was pretty much by myself uh, during those years, raising my son. And um, like I said, I let my work take over my life and uh, dug a few holes and stuff, you know, because I wasn't walking with the Lord. When you walk off path, um, you fall in a few ditches, like mm-hmm. your your sermon that week when you were talking about, you know, straying off and falling in the ditch and, yeah. and nobody stops to to help you get out, Whoa. you know, and so it's hard to climb out by yourself. We were talking that Sunday about Galatians chapter six and this idea of spiritual restoration. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason, the way that God designed the church to be, that we would walk along the, you know, this spiritual journey together. And as we're walking together, when somebody falls into the ditch, which you just talked about, and it happens to almost everybody along along the way that they're at least to start to slide in different ways. And if we're connected within the church, then somebody's there to help us and yeah. get us, help us get back on our feet, or maybe even keep us from falling there. Um, and my heart breaks with you, actually, to to know that during that season there just wasn't anybody there in that spot, right? Right. Yeah. But even then, the Lord never abandoned me. Amen, Christine. Yeah. Um, I would all my conscience. He was always tugging on my heart, you know, saying, "Hey, you got to do something," you know. This isn't, you can't keep going this way. And when I moved to Houston, um, like I said, the job was everything, mm. you know. And um, and the Lord actually worked this out for me too because I couldn't quit the job. <laughs> and so he, and I couldn't get along with one of the my new supervisors that came in and um, she let me go. That oh. was the first time I had ever been let go of a job. Okay. And I actually looked at her and I said, thank you. I mm. just, instead of feeling devastated that I, well, I just lost my job, right? I'd been there almost 10 years. 
And um, it was the biggest relief. Mm. And I was like, you know what, Lord? I see you. I couldn't quit. Mm. So you helped, you made it happen because I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. So I ended up taking two years off from work to kind of just figure myself out. Mm. I didn't I didn't have it to to mold and and you know direct my life anymore. I didn't have any direction and that felt that felt kind of odd too. And um, well work can become the <clears> thing you said it it drives us, but it also gives us sort of this direction. This is what I exist for, right? Exactly. Work and my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when that's away, then it it makes it a chance when we can maybe redirect, right? And I the Lord did that. I could see him intervening. Wow. I yeah. could see him intervening in my life. And um my son and daughter in law actually had started going to a church. And it's not like, you know, an independent one, but I could mm -hmm. see when I went to visit with them I was like, hey, I like this. I like the pastor. It's, it's based on biblical, you know, preaching and teaching. And I knew that this was right. Mm. And not, I, I didn't have that feeling with those other churches. And um, so I started going. And because, of, you know, I had. How old were you at this time, Kirsten? Uh, <laughs> this was um, eight years ago. Okay. So. Um, so few, I was I was fifty one at that okay, time. So a few years, really, of mm -hmm. kind of going on this path on your own. Yes, right? a long time. Can I just ask you if you'd be willing during that time? What What did you feel like? Did um, was it sort of dead spiritually? Did you feel God pulling you during that time? I was so spiritually dead, and I told mm. somebody, "I am so spiritually dehydrated." Wow. Um, and when the Lord started working in my life, I could just feel me coming back to life, mm. you know, um, the energy, the focus, um, it's amazing how I really did feel dead. Wow. Like there was no, yeah. I'm like, what am I doing this for? You know, and there wasn't any, You, that was the loneliest I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. You could be, I could be in a room full of people, people I know, but I felt so alone. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I like being with people, but my, my, and I have to watch it even now. I'm a loner at heart. Hmm. So I have to fight that, like, because I'm happy with myself and my company. And so sometimes the devil uses that to say, you don't need to be around other people. But when I am around other people, it's so much better. Yeah, It's so much better. And you can just feel the love, the support. If you have a problem, you, you, I know I could call on, on so many people mm -hmm. and they would listen and they would pray with me. So... It's really a powerful piece of your story, Christine, to say I felt dead, like uh, so dehydrated. That's very mm -hmm. descriptive. And yeah. when I, you know, my heart returned to the Lord, He called me back. It just felt like that life that yeah. the Jesus is the. It was flowing in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the living water, right? Correct, correct. So, um, I talked to the pastor at that church that I was going to, you know, and I was saying, hey, you know. Um, I just lost my job. I feel lost. I'm like, I'm just, I don't have any direction and I don't know what to do. And so he prayed with me. And then right during that time, um, 
my 35th high school reunion was happening and I was getting flooded with all of these texts saying, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to be doing this and this and, you know, everybody that's off island, please come back home. You know, uh, we want to have as many people there. And I was like, "Mm, that would be really nice to come home. I haven't, you know, been home in a while, my family and, you know, friends in high school. And um, I started looking at ticket prices and, they were so astronomical. Oh, and I'm no. like, okay, I'm not working. I'm living off of my 401 stuff. And, you know, that's not a pretty, you know, not a smart way to use my limited funds. Okay. And so it was like one in the morning and I still kept looking. And I saw this little button that says, if you're flexible, click here. <laughs> so I clicked there and I looked at it and my eyes just kind of bugged out. I was like, that can't be right. So I had to put my glasses on to make sure I was looking at it, right? And I had frequent flyer miles from my work before that uh-huh. drove drove me. Yeah. So I had so many frequent flyer miles and because of my willingness to be flexible, my ticket only cost me $35 oh, out no. of pocket. Wow. So that's why I was like I had to look at it. I was like it's 35 not 350, you know? <laughs> and I woke my daughter in law up. I said, "Guess what? I'm going to Guam." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" I was like, "It's only going to cost me $35." And that was the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, working on that. He he made it possible for me to go. So I came back to Guam and you know, attended the f- festivities and stuff for the reunion. Uh, Fawn was there, and Fawn's been my, during the time that I was away from the Lord, she was my conscience. She, every, I, I would, sometimes I would try to avoid talking to her because she made me so uncomfortable because she made me guilty. I, I felt the guilt of being away from the Lord. You knew her from when you were at Harvest first time, is that right? No, she was one of the three musketeers. In high school. I did not know that. Yeah. Christine, I didn't know that. That's amazing. So she was one of my three musketeers. She did not want to get saved. Her brother, David, was actually a member of the church. Okay. And um, she was fighting the Lord all the way, too. And her family is Catholic, Vietnamese Catholic. And she refused to, but she still was a good friend. And so she still hung out with me. And, you know, I have... She's part of my wedding pictures and stuff. Mm. So she's still, as a friend, stuck to me, even though she didn't agree with my spiritual choice, right? So um, she actually, and this is what made me, she says it was because of me that she got saved. Wow. And she goes, Chris, your your, um, testimony and sticking to it despite everything, you know, all the opposition that I had from my family made her brave enough to stand up too, you know? Um, So she says, you know, Chris, it's because of you that I got saved. And I'm like, wow, that's powerful that you can have that much influence on the people around you, even if you don't think it, because she was not saved when I left. Mm -hmm. So um, she she came to know the Lord after I left the island. Mm -hmm. And so she was my rock, you know, so... So you came back here for that uh, that reunion, 35 years. Correct. And what so, happened? So came back and the seeds of um, started flowing about me moving back. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of at, you know, ends, loose ends. Uh, my son 
and my daughter-in-law were just about to finish graduating from, you know, school. They both decided late to go back to college and get their degrees. And that was a promise I had made to him that I would help him get through that. And so he was just a few months away from graduating. And I was thinking, I was like, this may be a good time. And this is where the Lord made clear again. So on my way back to to Houston, I was supposed to stay for a couple of weeks in Hawaii with my brother visiting. And two days after I got there, Hurricane uh, Harvey hit Houston. Mm. Our home got flooded. Our vehicles got destroyed. They drowned in the flood. <laughs> so I came back to nothing. Um, no home, no vehicle, um, dev- complete devastation. I just couldn't even breathe when, when we drove into the neighborhood. That I had never seen that kind of devastation on a widespread basis like that. And um, so, you know, we had to pick up the pieces, get the house back in order. So everything in the house, everything physically that I had owned was thrown out in the front yard, you know. And through all of that, I realized that, that those physical things didn't matter, yeah. you know. Uh, my kids were alive. They actually had to get rescued and boated out mm-hmm. of our neighborhood because the water had gotten so deep. And so, yeah, when we face tragedies like that, devastations, we get really get a sense of what's really important to us. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, my kids were safe and alive. And so that's all that mattered. We mm-hmm. could replace all the physical stuff. Um, when I was actually living with my son and my daughter in law, so they could go to school, and um, I had put brand new furniture because I had. Um, bought a whole set of brand new furniture for my whole entire house. And all of that was in my storage unit, dining room, bedroom, kitchen. Um, And when they lost everything and when they were able to get back in the house, they didn't have to buy anything except another bed Mm. for my my granddaughter. So all of that went, you know, had a purpose. I was like, why am I paying hundreds of dollars, you know, for storage? I was like, I could just buy new furniture later. But it ended up um, working out perfectly for them. And um, that's when I made the decision to come to Guam. I was like, I'm just going to start fresh on Guam, spend some time with my family, and just make those reconnections because I had been gone off island for 35 years. Wow. So I've got time for one more question on sure. this and just quick. Um, so you came back 2018. Correct. God provided a job and a direction on that. Tell me, you know, in your sense, uh, why did God move you back to Guam and what is he teaching you right now? Well, he knew I need to grow spiritually. Uh, Um, And um, coming back, I knew that harvest would be good for me, mm. Um, you know, and Fawn was there. So I had that support and it has been tremendous being back and being fed um the word and listening to you preach and and all the other pastors that we have mm-hmm. and um the strength of the faith of so many people like Jackie and Joanna um those are wonderful ladies you know yeah. and when i look at them they they make the time for you when you need it mm-hmm. um and and you know they they've been such a blessing to me so yeah and the job I was not ever expecting to work for a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I didn't think I could do it, but the Lord's given me the strength and the, um, I wouldn't say compassion, um, to feel with these families because yeah. we're, we're meeting them at their worst time. Yeah. And, um, he's helped me to get through and to be supportive to these families. And, you know, every now and then I'm able to share the Lord, you know, and just, you know, with, with these families. And so that's been a tremendous help. Well, I think that is, God has given you a ministry there and caring for people for sure. It's been true for many people in our church family that have, had loved ones pass away and you've been able to help them through that time. But I know that there's many, many others across our island just to have yeah. your compassionate, caring uh, help I know has been great. And Christine, we just want, uh, I personally am so thankful that God brought you back. I see him continue to work in your life, your desire to serve him and to live for him. Um, and so your encouragement to me, encouragement to our family, our church family. And uh, so, and I think God's got more in store for us as uh, we serve him here at Harvest. So thank you for most your ministry. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, thank you for your ministry here together and sharing your story today. It's really fascinating and I love love how, what God's doing in your life. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. We want to take this opportunity to invite you again to our New Year's Day service at Harvest Baptist Church. Just one service this week, 10.45 a.m. Sunday. We'd love to see you there. You can also view our service on live stream that same time, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Well, Happy New Year, and thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.